Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I have to uh, preface this show and say I am sitting here with a big box of tissues. <laughs> I I am for sure going to cry my way through this episode. I'm basically on the verge of tears already. So uh, to paint you a little picture of where I am right now, <laughs> or what's, what's what kind of what I'm looking out at right now, I'm sitting on the floor of the bedroom of an Airbnb that we are renting. I made a little makeshift podcast station. I always have a hard time when I'm not home, like I have the perfect podcast set up at home. I always end up sitting on the floor. I'm sitting on the floor on a, on a cushion and I set my little mic stand up on a chair and I tried to make a little makeshift altar, except I don't have any of my things. I have a, a crystal piece of selenite I just received in the mail today from a friend. I have a little bit of Palo Santo I've been burning. And I have one deck of angel cards, or not angel cards, but oracle cards, archetype cards. And just before pressing play on the recorder to, to record this episode, I picked a card, first time I've picked a card since, since we were forced out of our home. And the card I pulled was the temple. <laughs> and I could, yeah, cry just holding this card and the, the significance of that. So uh, we were forced out of our home. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's happened. I'm going to share this whole story. Now I'm going to try to make it, <laughs> piece it together really well. So it's, you know, so you can follow along. But the gist of it is we found out that there is toxic mold. We have a severe case of toxic mold in our home. And we found this out. This was five days ago. I got the test results back. And we basically just got the hell, hell out of there. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's basically how it all happened very, very quickly. I'm still processing kind of how we ended up where we are. So before I dive into this story, because it's a really hard one, and I'm, 
I'm in the midst of it. I haven't made sense of anything yet. Let's just close our eyes, not for too long, but just for a moment. I already have my hand to my heart. If you want to put your hands to your heart or to your belly, go ahead. <sighs> yeah, let's just take a few breaths just the way we are. Maybe a releasing breath right here. So take a long, full inhale in through the nose. And out through the mouth. Oh, let's do that two more times. That felt good. So inhale in through the nose. Out through the mouth. Beautiful. One more time. Inhale fully. And let it go. Hmm. I can blink the eyes open again. Oh. I'm doing this like 10 times a day. <laughs> I just pause, I close my eyes, put my hand to my heart, and I just like sometimes even just three mindful breaths, you know, it just helps me <laughs> put the next foot forward, like one foot in front of the other. So we just can keep moving. So yeah, we had to leave our homes. I have suspected, and this is the one of the hardest parts for me, really. I have suspected for a long time that there's something not right with our house. And honestly, I've felt a little bit gaslighted like around the whole situation because I have been sick for years, right? I mean, if you listen to this show, I don't know, maybe if I would, were able to go back and do some statistics, that would be kind of cool. But I think like every fifth or sixth episode I record, there's something wrong with me, right? I, I even have people, people ask me often, like, I feel like you're sick all the time. Aren't you supposed to be this super healthy person? What's wrong with you? You know, and, and it's really, really true. Like I go through phases of feeling good, like, okay, you know, I never feel great. This is something that's been a big, big, big thing in my life. In terms of my health and in my body, I never feel amazing. I never feel great. I cannot remember the last time I woke up in the morning and I felt rested. So I operate at two levels, basically. It's either actively ill, like there's something really wrong with me that I can really pinpoint and say, yeah, I'm sick right now. And I never really know why I'm sick or what's going on. It's a cold again, or it's, you know, it's always really hard to, to pinpoint. Or I'm not actively ill, but I'm not feeling great, right? And for someone who takes like unbelievably good care of her health, which I do, you know, and I take better care of my health for every month that passes when suddenly I, there's another reason as to why I don't feel well. You know, I oh, ask my husband, this is like an exhausting thing in our relationship even, how much time I spend trying to figure out how to fine tune and optimize my well-being. And a lot of things are falling into place right now because I've basically felt that there's something I'm missing. Like for years, I've had that feeling, there's something I'm missing. Like there's something not quite right. And I keep tweaking little things. And I have this feeling all the time, like it's me. It's up to me, right? Something's wrong with me. There's something I'm doing that's wrong. And if I just fix that, or I find that thing that isn't 100% great, and I stop doing that thing, or I add something great that I need into my life, then I'll feel good, right? Then I'll feel good. And that time never comes, you know? So just like to share a little bit about just some day-to-day -day things that are really part of my every single day life, right? We have a, a water filtration system in the house, the best one on the market. 
took me almost, I don't know, it took me months to convince Dennis that this was an investment that we had to make because it was so expensive. It's this water filtration purification system in 14 steps that adds the perfect minerals and it's like the perfect pH level. It's like all the things, you know, I did so much research. We have that in place. All the water I drink is filtered, purified, like super state-of-the-art, you know, water. We have air purifiers in pretty much every room of the house. You know, we have them in the bedroom, we have them in the living room, we have another one in the dining room. And that's kind of like, it's it's telling, I think now when I look back at it, I felt this need to have an air purifier in the house. And, you know, we don't live in a city, like we don't live in LA or in New York, like we don't live somewhere where there's, it's a high trafficated area right? We don't have a lot of like fumes and and gas and exhaust or factories around us or anything in our proximity, actually, that that should contribute to the air quality not being good. You know, we live on an island in the Caribbean. We're right by the sea. I'm literally breathing in ocean air every day. And where we live, we live on a dead-end street. We only have two neighbors. Like there's nothing around. Cars don't pass in the street. You know, it's like we're in this very quiet area and I've had this feeling like the air quality isn't good here. I don't know why, you know, so I've spent a lot of money on these air purifiers that we have to change the filters on all the time and all this stuff. And we have them running all day long, 24-7, right? So I'm making sure that the air I'm breathing is the best it can be. I'm making sure that the water the whole family is drinking is the best it can be. I take really curated supplements every single day of my life and so does Leia. Dennis this is like a whole other conversation I can't like get him to take his vitamins like I basically have to treat him like I treat my daughter for him to like if I put it on a spoon and I put it in his mouth he'll take his supplements and vitamins if I don't like he doesn't at all he doesn't really I think because he's never ill honestly I mean he's very rarely sick the way I get sick but (laughs) Knowing what I know now, convinced like there's stuff here that's really affecting him as well. He's just not really aware of it yet. But so he doesn't really take health as seriously I do as I do, I guess. You know, you you really don't until you you start to feel like something's wrong with you, right? So anyway, we take these supplements, they're crazy expensive. Majority of the money I spend every month, I mean majority by far, is to take care of my health and and Leia's health. Like that's that's what it is. You know, we we try to buy as you know everything organic that we can find we live on an island we can get everything organic but everything possible like we live as an organic lifestyle as possible right we take tons of superfoods and you know drink like really really nutritious smoothies every day we're vegan but I get our like I get blood panels done all the time you know we have like great levels of everything like there's literally and I did these last few blood blood tests like testing everything in my body right and the doctor hands it back to me all she's like you're in perfect health like this is perfect like everything in my body iron b12 like all the things that normally if you are vegan they look out for like everything is is amazing she's like well there's nothing really wrong with you but i feel like shit <laughs> right like how does that add up you know and we spend a lot of time outside you know we move our bodies every day Like we live, I think, compared to the average person, an incredibly healthy lifestyle. Like we really, really, really do. Now we don't go like overboard to the point of, you know, we still bake. I haven't completely eliminated every kind of sugar out of my diet. Like we like to drink wine. When we drink wine, we drink dry farmed wines when we can get it, you know. And then I go through these phases of like, you know what, maybe it's that like one thing of sugar that I eat in a week. That's the reason why I'm so sick 
right? And I target this one thing that is, it's almost like I'm developing orthorexia. Orthorexia is this legit condition where you become so obsessed with perfect health that it, it, it starts to like wreak havoc on your life. I can feel myself almost bordering on that edge sometimes where I, where I have this idea of like, well, maybe if I was a raw vegan and I lived in the rainforest next to a waterfall with negative ions so I could supercharge my body all the time, if I never had any kind of, like if I didn't even eat dates, if I didn't, you know, had no kind of sugar in my life at all. Like I think, I keep thinking that I'm doing something wrong. And then I had a doctor tell me recently, she was like, Rachel, like this is not how the body works. Like this is not it. Like having one thing of sugar in a week or baking once in a while or having a glass of wine with your dinner. Like these are not reasons as to why your entire system just fails. Like you're not supposed to feel this way. And chances are the reason you're feeling the way you're feeling is something out of your control. Like it's not the, the things you're doing in a day. You're so much healthier than the average person. There are people who eat McDonald's every day who never move their bodies and they're not sick. Like that's liter literally it. And I'm recognizing now, I mean, I could cry just thinking about it. I have had this, just this immense pressure on myself 24 hours a day that I'm doing something wrong really and I can really feel the magnitude of that right now because you know not not being in good health and feeling like it's it's your fault right it's like an everyday pressure every day that oh my god I have to figure this out what's wrong with me you know something's wrong with me what's wrong with me and then the next question which is like whatever is wrong with me what if that's also gonna happen to my daughter you know Like, I am so picky with what she eats. And because Dennis isn't, I, I literally micromanage everything that goes into that, that kid's mouth. Like the perfect balance of healthy fats and vitamins and minerals and the good kinds of proteins. And, you know, and if she like once she eats like a brown rice mac and cheese that I make from scratch in my head, I'm like, that's really unhealthy. She's missing her greens. She's missing this. And she has that kind of a meal once in a week. I beat myself up, you know, <laughs> and I know like her diet is extremely healthy. Like she eats so many good things. And I have this pressure on me all the time. Like if I fail one time with one meal to this un <laughs> unimaginable standard that I have of what perfect health has to be, right? Because I can't get there and I'm fighting. So if I fail one day, like I have a stressful day and I don't get everything 100% right, I beat myself up. Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. 
I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. I haven't really realized that the magnitude of just the pressure and the stress I have been living under in this day-to-day stuff of what we eat, what we don't eat, you know, what I'm doing wrong, what I'm doing right, health, like it's this constant, right? And so this conversation about mold, you know, it was raised to me three years ago for the first time when I had my big burnout, which I'm now like even questioning, was that a burnout or was it mold toxicity? Like seriously, like a system overload. I, I'm I'm questioning everything in my life. Three years ago, I had this burnout. I had all these symptoms, right? I got so sick one day and six months later, I was still sick. And it's these similar kinds of symptoms that I've been dealing with now, right? A constant sore throat. I have a sore throat every day of my life. And sometimes that soreness in the back of my throat, it's at a 15%, like that's as low as if zero is no sore throat, you're perfect in your throat. It goes from like a 15% where it's like a hint in the back of my throat, like, oh, that feeling you get a couple of days before you get like laryngitis or before you get like a throat infection, you know, that feeling. I have that feeling all the time. And sometimes it peaks and it goes to like a full blown, like a throat infection kind of feeling, but then it goes away again, you know, and it goes down to 15, but I always have it, always, always, always have it. That feeling in the back of my throat, like something isn't right every day. I have to blow my nose a hundred times a day. I always have a runny nose every day of my life and I have allergies and I've had asthma since I was little. So it's something that I've kind of been like, well, yeah, I guess that's just who I am, right? (laughs) Like I should just accept that I'm always going to be a stuffy kind of person. It's like, (laughs) it's ridiculous. Like when I teach at the studio, the girls at the studio, they're so sweet. Like everyone has their different things that they need to teach, you know, and they'll prep the space for me before I go teach. There's always a bottle of water and a box of tissues next to me, right? Because they know I'm going to have to blow my nose probably halfway through this fucking class, Everybody knows that I have these sinus things and it's like everyone just, I've just accepted like that's normal. And now I'm like, what if that isn't normal? What if I'm not supposed to have that condition all the time? You know, but those two things. And then the third big thing is that I'm tired, that I'm tired and I'm kind of tired all the time. And even when I sleep and I get like eight hours of sleep, I don't feel rested. I never feel rested. It's like I can't get enough sleep. Like I can't get my energy levels up. And I always have a reason for that, right? Maybe Leia was up in the night or maybe I've been stressed or maybe this or maybe that. But like, it's almost like I've just accepted that I don't operate at a normal capacity. This is just what it is. And because I'm not in a hospital sick, you know, it's not debilitating. I'm a very high functioning kind of ill person. I don't even talk about it that often. It's just what is, but it's always in the back of my head. 
And then three years ago, I had all this stuff. And then it was one of the first things like the, these doctors said, like this could like really sounds like a like a mold mold issue. Like, have you made sure that that the house you're in doesn't have doesn't have mold of some sort? And I was like, mold, what does that mean? And I had it explained to me like, yeah, actually mold is like a huge issue. And a lot of people, like you can live with mold in your home for years and not know. And mold produces these things called mycotoxins that enter the body. And the symptoms I have are super consistent with certain types of mycotoxins. So when I heard that, I mean, and we live in this house that we love so much. We have no visible mold anywhere in the house. But three years ago, I was so adamant, like I have to figure out why I'm sick, right? So I start asking around and I ask contractors and friends and people I know around the island, like who has, how common is mold here? You know, Aruba is a really dry island. It almost never rains. And in my head, I'm equating mold with dampness, you know, with wetness, with like a lot of rain. When I lived in Costa Rica, I lived in a moldy house. Like I lived in a really moldy house and I know that smell, like everybody knows that smell, that moldy smell, right? We don't have that in our house. And I start asking around, everyone says, no, there's no mold in Aruba. Like it's, you know, it's like a hundred degrees all year round, super windy here. It's really dry. You know, we live like in the desert side of the island. So everyone's like, that doesn't make any sense at all. And if you can't see mold anywhere in your house, like you don't have it, you know. And that was one of the many things people raced to me, like make sure that this is okay. And I moved on to the next thing. I just didn't really understand. I didn't really, you know. And then I changed a ton of things in my life. Like I really, really, really changed my lifestyle. I, before then, like at that time, I took no supplements. You know, I didn't, wasn't very adamant about, you know, adding things to my diet. I was kind of like, whatever I eat should be fine. But by then I had all of these blood tests come back that I was lacking in stuff, right? So since then, I just take better care of my diet. I also wasn't sleeping enough. I was working like crazy. You know, I was, I had, I had a lot of things that I, that, that weren't hundred percent. Right. So I changed all those things and I started feeling better. And then a year later I got sick again. <laughs> and then another doctor told me, Have you, are you sure there's not a mold situation in your house? And I was like, man, this is like the third doctor now. I'm like two doctors told me this a year ago, but people here say there's no mold here. You know, it's like not possible. And this doctor was like, maybe you should, since these things keep coming back, like that's a sign of mold toxicity is the symptoms flare up and then they calm down. But in the calm moments, you don't feel perfect because you're still living with that in that toxic place. And then you, they flare up again, like your immune system takes a dip and then they flare up. So it's common with mold toxicity that you feel kind of fine, but not great. And then you get a cold. Like that's what happens, literally what happens to me. Leia brings a cold home from school. And then she's sick for a week with a normal cold and my mind never goes away. It lasts for months, you know, and that's because all it takes for me, it's like a little dip in my immune system and then all of these symptoms flare again. So at that time, I found a mold inspector, like a service here on the island that does inspection, like home inspections, basically. And they weren't super, you know, they didn't really know what I was talking about in mold and can that be harmful. But like, yeah, yeah, sometimes there's mold in the hotels here, they said. And like, we deal with that. Let me let me take a look. Did a full inspection, inspection, concluded there's no mold, but we have a dust issue in the house. And the guy said, you, you know, you live on this, on the North shore, this is basically desert and you have the doors open all the time, you know, and the windows and because we have this kind of indoor outdoor living. And he said, you need to close your doors. You need to close your windows. You need to make sure you're not getting more dust into this house and you need to clean the house, like total cleaning much more often, like a big deep cleaning. 
So what did we do about a year and a half ago? We locked ourselves into the mold. <laughs> you know, and I know now like a mold inspector, you need to be certified. Like there's a whole process you need of education and certifications to be a proper mold inspector. And the person we had at our house wasn't that, you know. So we locked ourselves in and we started just like, oh my God, okay, it's a dust issue. The dust is getting into my airways. It's triggering my asthma, my allergies. That's what's going on. And then the past year and a half, if I think about my health, like it's been declining, like really declining. And I, we've had less ventilation in the house, made sure like close the door, don't let the dust in, you know? And then I've had this idea like, well, we have these air purifiers. So, you know, it is cleaning the air inside, but that, that just hasn't been the case. And then Q now, you know, I got sick in, in January. <laughs> it's middle of March. I'm still sick. Halfway through, like this was beginning of February or something like that. I just had enough. You know, I was like, I cannot deal with this anymore. I don't know why I'm getting, I'm sick. I, I, and I stay sick. I can't, can't take it. And I decided just like, what? And I had this nagging feeling like, what if it is mold? And I'm looking up all this past couple of months, I've been listening to podcasts about mold. I've been reading about mold. I've been following people who are mold experts on Instagram. Like I've just been learning more. And the more I learn, the more I'm like, this really aligns with what I'm feeling. It aligns with, you know, what's happening inside of me. So I also know we have had leaks in the house before. Like it's hard because we don't have a current leak. Like we don't have anywhere in the house where we know it's wet. Nowhere. We don't have a basement. We don't have a crawl space where something could be hiding. We don't have leaky faucets, you know, nothing like that. But we have had a lot of leaks over the years. You know, this house that we live in, it's actually two houses. It's, it's really weirdly built. The original house is this old house. It's built in the 80s. It's not built amazingly well, like we know that already. And then the previous owners, the ones we bought the house from, they decided to tear an entire wall, like the whole side of the building down and attach a living room and an upstairs section. And when they did that, they didn't do a great job. So we know that like the area where they glued the new house, like the new attachment to the house onto the old, that's where it leaks. Like we've had leaks when we have really, really heavy rains, We've had leaks, but because it's so dry here normally, it's like even if it leaks when there when there's a rain, the next day it's gone. You never think about it again. We have no visible like, you know, water damage. We have no visible like mold spots or anything like that. So it's like I haven't understood by now that once you have one leak one time, that's like you, you got to take care of that shit immediately. Like I feel really naive. I feel stupid, honestly. Like I feel ashamed in a sense, like... I should have been, <laughs> I should have been more of an adult, like understanding how these things work. I just didn't, you know, Dennis and I, we bought this house in 2013. It's the first time any of us have, like, we've never owned a house before. And I just, you know, always had this idea. It's so sunny here. Like if we have one leak, like why, why does that matter? Because it's going to be dry by tomorrow and then we won't have rain for six months again, you know? And that's kind of the general mentality here, you know, all across the island and uh, across all a lot of, you know, the Caribbean islands and, and vacation-y places. It's like, well, it never rains. So what's the deal? Well, here's the deal. <laughs> Actually, areas like this where it very rarely rains, it means that oftentimes the houses aren't built for rain. So when it does rain, chances of having a leak somewhere in the roof or somewhere by windows that aren't sealed properly, things like that. We have both of these issues. And all it takes is one leak. And then you have that structure of the roof where there's a lot of organic material. And I've found out now that mold also grows in concrete. It's not just that mold grows in insulation or in wood, like 
we have a concrete house. Mold grows in concrete. Concrete is porous. It's cleanable when it's concrete. You can't clean wood. Like wood, when you have mold, you have to tear it out and replace and you know take the wall down. It's like a huge thing. Concrete, potentially, if it's not too bad, you can clean it, but it can still grow there. So once you have one leak and the inside of that structure, if it's a roof or a wall or whatever, once you have that moisture there, mold starts growing and it doesn't stop growing. Mold doesn't go away just because it stopped raining or just because the outside of the house is now dry, right? And there are certain kinds of molds. Certain molds live in really wet areas. Certain molds don't even like super wet areas. They just like a little bit of humidity, you know. And knowing that we've had these issues, you know, I decided like, okay, in February, I can't live like this. I have to know for once and for all that we don't have this issue. You know, I need to know. So I ordered something called an Ermi test from a place called Envirobiomics. There's two or three places you can order this in the U.S. It's really expensive test. I think it was like three or four hundred dollars. And then we had to get it FedExed here, which was another hundred bucks. Like I spent five hundred dollars on this test. You know, it wasn't something I just did casually. You know, it's a big deal. By the way, outside of this Airbnb, there's construction happening. So if you hear a beeping sound in the background, that's the construction we're now living next to. I ordered this test. This test was actually developed by the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency in the U.S., as a way for homeowners to find out if they have mold in their homes when when mold is invisible. Like it was actually created in that sense. So there's different kinds of mold tests. Like normally what people do first is something called air testing, where basically it's like a little thing you put like on a mantle, you put it somewhere in your house, and then you let dust collect with time into that thing, and then you send it away. And that one is cheaper, and it's that's kind of the first indication. And often after that test, people take the more, more expensive and more, you know, super legitimate and accurate test called the Ermi test. So basically what you get, it's like kind of like a Swiffer cloth almost. You have to wear gloves when you use it. And you just swipe this cloth in general areas of your home. You're not allowed to do it. You're not supposed to do it anywhere near a water source. You're not supposed to do it in the kitchen, in the bathrooms, never on top of mold if you have visible mold in your house. It's basically the general areas where there's nothing wrong, right? That's the whole purpose of the test, where there's where you, where you don't see any issue, like where you just spend time in your home. So for instance, you're supposed to swipe 10, air, 10 areas of, of the house or in 10 locations. I swiped the living room wall. We have no issues in the living room. We have no wet spots. There's no mold. Living room wall, I mean, we sit on the couch in our living room like all day, you know. This pandemic also, like we've been home constantly, right? Constantly. The living room wall, Leia's bed, on top of Leia's bed, I swiped. Um, a little shelf like next to our bed, on top of a painting in my office, you know, just like. And then the, the wall in my office as well. And then Leia's bedroom wall, just general areas. And I sent the test back and it took a long time. Like it took like a month and a half to get this back. And ever since I sent the test away, I've really been, I haven't been thinking about it every day, but I've been like, okay, this will give me peace of mind. And I had this inkling, maybe we'll have some mold in the house. I thought maybe, you know, there is one bathroom that maybe like, you know, behind a wall by the sink or it's not installed amazingly well. Or I had this suspicion that we probably have mold, but I thought we, if we have it, we have a little bit. And then maybe that little bit is enough to make me the sick, you know, or maybe we have a little bit and it's like right where I sleep. You know, it's like 
right next to my bed or something. And that's why I'm sick because no one else in the family really is sick. Leia has eczema that comes and goes, which is also like a big like sign of mold toxicity. And Dennis, even though, you know, he claims he's in perfect health, he has no issues. He has a lot of neurological stuff that he that he claims is just who he is that I am now attributing to mold. We won't know until our mycotoxin tests come back. But for instance, he's super forgetful, way worse than he used to be a couple of years ago. The man will walk into a room to get something halfway there, forget why he walked into that room, go for something else halfway there, forget that. Like I'm used to in our relationship, I have to tell him things three, four, five times in a row. And it didn't used to be that way. So like it's it's very neurological also, like mold goes into the brain. It can also cause anxiety, depression, like bouts of anger, stuff like that. And I have a feeling that it's just my suspicion and I'm knocking on wood because that's my knock because I hope it's that's not the case. I hope he's perfect. I hope he has no issues, no mycotoxins in his body and he's in perfect health. Like that's what I want. My suspicion is that he does have an issue and that he's not going to know until he's out of the mold for a long time. You know, we're going to, like, that's my feeling that now say his health is at 80%, but it's good enough that he can like function in really amazing ways in his life. And then removing the issues, maybe he can go to a hundred and he's going to be like, wow, this is what feeling great is like, you know, that's my suspicion. But of course, I'm hoping that for him and Leia, they are perfect and that I'm the only one with issues. But so I sent this test off and then I've been really thinking about thinking about mold for six weeks. You know, I thought maybe we'll have a little bit and I'll explain something. I did not think it was going to be this bad. I, in my wildest dreams, I could not have imagined it being this bad. And I told Dennis when I sent the sample in, you know, because I've been talking about mold for a long time. He, he's not really the researcher in the family, you know, <laughs> The man doesn't read <laughs> like like I am the driving force behind most change that happens in our lives, right? I've been talking about mold for a long time and explaining. So he kind of kind of gets it. I mean, everybody knows that mold is bad. We just don't really know what it does to the body or how common it is or how bad it is or what does it mean if you find out that you have toxic mold in one or several areas of your home. So when I sent this test in, I said, hey you know, we're going to get this result in like four to six weeks. If the result comes back that we have an issue, I really need you to take it seriously with me. I, and I really sat him down for this. You know, my, my health, he knows how much I've been struggling with my health. I said, if we have an issue, like I want you to panic with me. I want you to, to be outraged by that. I don't want to feel alone in me having to take some sort of action if it comes back that we have mold. And he was like, okay, I understand, you know, I get it. I, I'm there with you. He was 100% sure it would come back perfect. Like we have no issues at all, you know. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And then the test came back, and there's a score 
So it tests for 36 different kinds of mold. It's like indoor airborne mold, and then it's like leak-related water-sourced water molds. It's like different two categories of mold, 36 different kinds. And we tested positive that they flagged five of them are very high, like really high, like not livable high. And then there is a couple of them that, that are present that weren't flagged as like horrible but that show that we also have, like there's somewhere in our house, we have a wet area. Like there's a mold that came out in the test that only lives in super wet, like a massive leak. You know, somewhere in this house is a big leak that we cannot see. Or this mold wouldn't be present on my living room wall where I hang out every day, you know. So there's a score to this. It's called Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. And the score was, so if it's Q1, that's a score below two and below two, you're fine. You know, your, your house is good. Everyone lives with mold. There's mold in nature. Like this is something I have to share. Mold is everywhere. You, you're not supposed to live in a sterilized environment with nothing growing anywhere. Like mold is in everybody's lives. There are acceptable levels of mold and then there are unacceptable levels of mold, right? So Q1 is this like, you know, you're fine, your, your house is okay. Q2 is, ooh, there is mold, uh, more further investigation needed. Like you need to do another test. You need to figure out like, you know, is there, where is there mold in your house and is it bad? Q3 was high levels of mold detected. You need to remediate, like find the source immediately, you know, take care of this. It's bad. And Q4 was very high and <laughs> said, get the fuck out of your house. And our test came back Q4, get the fuck out of your house. <laughs> and because this, you know, it's, it's a lab report, like literally made by a biochemist, you know, in San Antonio, Texas. And I just answered right away. Like they send the report, it's really extensive. And I'm like, hey, could you like talk to me in, in human <laughs> language? Also, like I'm reading this report. This looks really bad to me. It sounds really bad. You know, can you help me interpret the score? And the the biochemist said, yeah, you got to move. You got to leave right now. And, you know, I was at home and I'm just reading this test. I'm like, wait, you know, and I'm sitting in my perfect house. This is what's so hard or, or one of the many things that's so hard about this. We have this perfect home, you know, that we love. Like we love every inch of this home this home that we've we've been here for eight years you know and spent so much time and love and energy and money and resources into making this our dream home so I was sitting you know in my in my office which is also my practice space and I look around and it's perfect it's like everything I've ever wanted my altar is here I have my podcast corner over here my desk and my crystals and I look out like the window and the ocean's right there and and my rooftop patio where I do my tea ceremonies. And it's just like, I'm in, I'm in this perfect place, right? It's so beautiful. It's everything I've ever wanted. And it's toxic. <laughs> like that's really hard for me to digest, you know, that, that we have a perfect home and it's toxic. Like literally our, our house has been poisoning us <laughs> slowly, <laughs> And, you know, if I think about the different areas of our home, like there's not one room that I don't love that I haven't put like literally years of my life into perfecting. I'm a Libra, you know, I, I need harmony. And we spent, I spent so much time beautifying this home, creating harmony in this home. 
I also spend so much time making sure that this home is 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 a healing place, you know, <laughs> that the water we drink and the air we breathe and the food we eat, that the cleaning products we use are organic and not like we clean our house with vinegar and baking soda, you guys, and essential oils. <laughs> like literally, <laughs> I import like from abroad organic cleaning products for like when we do deep cleanings and stuff you know I make a huge effort to to live a toxic free home like when we sleep we turn the wi-fi off and like airplane mode our phones and like you know I really think about toxins and radiation and health you know and well-being and I spend a lot of time making this home a healing place And, you know, we built the pool that we have. Like we literally, it was like all the money we had <laughs> to build this pool. It was not, it was what, three, we've had this pool for three years. It was a massive investment that we made into the house that brought the value of the house up, of course. And we enjoy the pool so much. You know, I have this outdoor bathtub. That's literally my dream. Like when we travel, which we haven't done in a long time, I dream about coming home. Like our home is our sanctuary. We have a playground for Leia in the front. I have my vegetable garden, like all along the side of the house, you know, that, that I just, I, I spend so much time every day, like nourishing these plants, you know, nourishing this garden. We just put in a fireplace <laughs> in the front of the house. You know, we, we, we got to sit there one time. That's the day we got the test results. Dennis came back with vegan marshmallows. Like he found vegan marshmallows at the store, which they, they never had. Like, yeah, we're going to make s'mores tonight. You know, we got to sit by that fireplace one time and then we get these results and it's like, we got to get the fuck out. Like, this is why I'm sick. This is why I'm ill. It's why I've been ill for so long. And there are reasons also as to, we've been there for eight years. The first years when we lived in the house, it didn't rain at all. We had really, really long dry spells. And the past three and a half, four years, it's been increasingly raining more and more. 2020, we got more rain than we've had in 30 years. Like we had so much rain. And we were home inside all day. And this guy told us to close up the house, you know. So it's been like a perfect storm brewing for me to get really ill. I've been speaking to these mold experts. I mean, so many of them. And basically, you know, one in four people, there's actually a genetic thing where one in four people, where it's like 28% or something of people have this gene where they are more, where they are susceptible and super sensitive to mold. One in four. So that means like if you're four people in a house, chances are one is going to be sick from the mold. Now it doesn't mean that the other three are a-okay and mold doesn't bother them. Everyone gets ill eventually living with toxic mold. One of these doctors explained it to me. It's kind of like, Like your liver, like your system has like a bucket of how much toxins your body can take, right? And there's toxins in everything and everywhere. Like we deal with toxins all the time. But when the body is dealing with a, an acceptable level of toxins from water, from food, from the air we breathe, like all this stuff, like from our lifestyle, like living a life, when the body can detoxify well, like we detoxify through our liver, through sweating, through pooping, through urination, like we the body knows how to, how to detoxify itself. But then when you get to a, an unacceptable level of toxins, it's like your body's bucket for how much toxicity it can manage fills. Once it reaches 100% and it spills over, you get sick, right? So... And women are more susceptible 
to, to, to their buckets reaching 100%. Like we have more fat content in the body. Toxins go into fat cells. So this one doctor was like, yeah, maybe Dennis in his everyday life, like his toxin bucket is like at a 40%, you know. And then he steps into a moldy environment and it goes up to 60 but he's still fine. He's still not seeing symptoms and all this stuff. And she's like, maybe you have a harder time detoxifying your body for a variety of reasons. Like you've lived in moldy homes before. It's also genetic, all this stuff. Maybe your levels are at an 80 all the time. And then you enter a moldy environment and boom, you go to 105 and now you're sick, you know. So it's it's really hard to know, you know, who, how does this affect us and who's going to be affected first and and all of this. But the bottom line is everyone gets ill from mold. Like no one should have, should live in a moldy home. No one wants mycotoxins in their bodies. And eventually, you know, Dennis might not be sick today, but like five, 10, 15, who knows how many, how long it would take for him to develop symptoms that are really clear that they relate to the mold. And then we have a four-year-old, you know, her perfect little body and toxins, you know, build up and concentrate in, in, in kids in a much more, in a much worse way. In one sense, they can detoxify better because their bodies aren't like their toxin buckets hopefully aren't full yet the way an adult like we deal with so much in our lives. So but you also can't put a four year old on a detoxification program the way you can a 32 year old. So that's kind of part of where we are now is we have to wait a month for our mycotoxin tests to come back. And that's it's a urine sample that you send to a lab. And it shows you just in your regular pee, like what's the concentration of toxins that your body is expelling. And it will tell you which kinds of toxins do we have and how bad is it. And I'm hoping that Leia and Dennis have nothing. Like I'm hoping that they are just fine and I'm the only one dealing with this. Or if they have something, it's manageable and it's not the end of the world and, and we can fix it, you know. But I'm, I'm really scared. You guys, I'm really scared that it's bad. I'm really scared that that I have exposed Leia to something that has the potential of making her sick, you know, or lowering her, her well-being or that could cause her issues or trouble as she gets older or, you know, and mold, I mean, it leads to, it can give you cancer, like it can give you everything. Mold can kill you eventually. You know, it's a really, really, really serious, serious thing. So I had some people tell me online, you know, like people who either have people who have experience with mold, everyone has been so understanding, like really like, oh, my God, this is the end of the world. Like mold, dealing with a mold crisis feels like the end of the world because in a way it is. It's the end of your normal life. It's the end of your how your home and your house, the way you know it. You know, it's the end of your lifestyle, basically, like everything changes. And then for people who don't have experience with toxic mold, it's like, you know, what's the big deal? You know, we had a moldy garage once, like nothing happened to anybody. Like, why are you making a big deal out of this? The reason is a big deal. Even if I were to put all the, the health issues that I have aside, which I cannot, like that's, you know, health is everything. Nothing is more important than health. How mold works. If you have visible mold in, in your house, like the issue is, is massive. We don't have visible mold in our home <laughs> and our levels came back like at a get the fuck out of your house rate, right? And we don't have a source where we can like, look, here it is. So in our case, chances are it's in the roof. I once had 
when we installed the outdoor bath bathtub, a lot of you guys on, on Instagram, you were like, hey, I remember this massive flood that you had in your bedroom. Yeah, we were installing tiles outside of our bedroom after we finished building the pool and uh, we installed the outdoor bathtub and they were using these these machines to like get the old tiles off the floor and all of a sudden the tiles in our bedroom just lifted up from water coming from below and at the time we had an amazing contractor who was like holy shit okay you guys need you need a new floor this is not okay this is crazy so what did we do they took the old tiles away and they put new tiles on top, right? But there was nothing done around like the potential humidity and moisture still in the ground there. So it could be that we have just a fucking forest of mold growing under our bedroom floor. We don't know. It could be in the ceiling, could be in the, in the walls, could be like along the seams of the windows where when we have heavy rains, it leaks in through poorly insulated windows. Like we, I can, I can count a bunch of I can count a bunch of places where we could have it and we're not going to know until we have a proper mold inspection done, which means they have to open up all these areas of the house, right? They have to like go into all of this stuff. Yeah. So the thing about mold, if you have visible mold in your home, you have a massive fucking issue. Wherever that mold is visible inside of your house, if it's coming through paint, it's coming through like layers of wall and insulation, you open up that wall and you're going to see like the, 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 the root cause of the issue, which is going to be much worse than the mold you can actually see, right? So if you have visible mold, you need to do something about that. You need to fix that leak. If you have a leak in your house, like this is something I'm just like... <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to wear a sign around my neck for the rest of my life that says, if you have a water leak or water damage anywhere in your house, the moment you discover that, do something about it immediately. Don't wait. Don't go, oh, it's not going to rain tomorrow. Like I, I feel really naive that I didn't understand the, the, the severity of this, but it's, it's huge. So what people don't get is that actually the mold, and this is something I've learned through all of these experts, that the mold, if it's visible in one area, like chances are you can be kind of okay. When mold is wet, mold stays in the moldy area. But when mold dries out, which it does like in Aruba, for instance, like if the sun is beating onto the house or we have a dehumidifier, for instance, in one of our bathrooms, when mold dries out, it breaks off into spores and it goes into every part of your house. Mold doesn't stay in the one grouped area of where the mold is visible. Like mold and mold spores are microscopic. One of these doctors or one of these experts I said, she said, you know, if you're sitting on the third floor of your house and someone's baking a chocolate cake in the kitchen, eventually you can smell that chocolate cake, right? But you can't see the smell. You can't see the molecules carrying the smell up to your nose. Mold spores are smaller than smell. <laughs> like, you have a better chance at seeing the smell of your chocolate cake baking in the oven three floors down than you have of seeing a mold spore. That's how small they are. Like 250,000 mold spores can fit on a pinhead. Like they're tiny, microscopic. You cannot see them with your eye. And they float around your home. They go everywhere you go. Mold grows in organic materials everywhere. They grow in your clothes. They'll eventually grow into mattresses. It'll go into couches. It goes everywhere. So once you have a mold infestation in your home, the reason this is such a huge deal is you probably are going to lose a lot, if not everything you own, right? So people who aren't mold sensitive, who aren't sick, you know, this is less of an issue because you're not sick, you're not ill, you find home, fix the leak, 
clean up as much as you can, do remediation, right? But when you're ill, you're going to notice that even if you do that remediation, three months later, you're sick again. Why? Because the mold was everywhere in the house. It wasn't just in that one area where you had the leak, right? So in practice, what this looks like, like here's what this is going to look like for us, just to, to paint you a really clear picture. We have to get a mold inspector here from the U.S. because there's not a qualified one here. The cost of this one mold inspection that we have to do is anywhere between $4,500 and $8,500. Let, let, let that sink in. Okay. Say we're talking on average, it's going to be $6,000 for the inspection. Okay. Just for someone to tell you what your problem is and where it is and how to fix it. I'm not talking to fix it, right? We're going to have to bring, get someone here. <laughs> They're going to have to do that massive inspection of the house where they open up all the walls, all the roofs, they go into every water source, they examine every possibility and they conduct all these kinds of tests that then have to be sent to labs in the US. It will take two to three weeks to get those results back. Once those results come back, this company will give us a really clear like blueprint of a plan. Here's what you got to do. And depending on the severity, like we can be really lucky and it's only one area of the house, you know. But it doesn't seem like it because we have five different kinds of mold and those molds like different levels of humidity. So it seems like there's several areas where we could have mold issues, but we don't know. If we're lucky, it's just one. If it's just one, it could be like, hey, you got to take this wall down, eradicate the mold, pull all of that material out and remediate your entire home. Right. If we're unlucky, it's like you need a new roof. You have to take three walls down. It's in this bathroom. It's in this kitchen. It's here. Like it could be fucking everywhere. We don't know. Right. So once we have that plan, then we can work with a remediation company to clean, clean the mold and with a contractor to fix all the issues. Like you have to do those things in tandem. But the thing about this is for anyone to come in to remediate and really get rid of all the mold in your house, you have to get everything out of your house. Right. Every fucking item. And when you move back in, if you can, I mean, hopefully we can move back in. We don't know. When you move back in, you need to make sure that every single item you move back into your home is mold free. And there are certain things you can never clean. You can't clean a couch. You can't clean a mattress, pillows, duvets, any kind of fabric that's thicker than two, like one and a half or two inches. You have to throw away. Like you cannot. You can clean metal, glass, silverware like non-porous material <laughs> let me explain like how you do it so if you know since mold spores go everywhere that means everything in our house is contaminated with mold so for anything to be brought back into the house is a potential risk that all that money that we spent to make the house mold free that you bring one thing that still has mold in it back into the house and then the mold comes back right so it's like the risk you take with every item that you move back in your home is so huge that most people end up losing everything they own. They don't just lose clothes and mattresses. They lose everything, right? But then you can clean things and here's how you do it. You need to have this special mold cleaning solution. You have a microfiber towel. You have to swipe in one single direction. Say I'm cleaning a table. I have to swipe that table like vertically once across and then I have to turn that microfiber towel around because I can't use the same surface of the towel more than one time. And then I swipe again in the next section and then I have to throw that towel out. So to clean one table, 
you'll, you'll go through 50 microfiber towels with this chemical solution, right? And then you have to fog everything. And this is after everything has been done in your home. Your whole home has been fogged and it's full of toxins and it's like, you know, sterilized from this mold situation and then fixed and patched up. So every item that you bring back is like potentially you bring the mold back. So is it worth it? And if you decide it is worth it, I'm going to really do this. Can you just like sit with how tedious that process is? You know, how many items do you have in your home that you love, that you don't want to lose? Even if I think about like, okay, we're going to go through this process and tediously, meticulously clean every item that we own to put it back, the things that we know we can save. I'm still losing. (laughs) I'm still losing all our couches, all of Leia's stuffed animals, our jackets, our sweaters, our mattresses, our pillows, our our linen, you know, clothes, like you can clean clothes to a certain degree, but like that already is this just, this, I can't wrap my head around it. I really, just even saying this right now, I'm like, okay, and that's the best case scenario, right? You can't clean paper, Right. And that makes me like, I can't really go there in my mind because the the one thing I've really been sitting with is like Leia has, she doesn't have a ton of stuffed animals that she can't live without, but she has a couple. She has six in her bed that she makes us say goodnight to every night. Like she has this little unicorn. She has a dinosaur. <laughs> she has a penguin. She has a little lily. It's like a like a stuffed animal my mom made she has a snake (laughs) it's really funny and she has bear and bear is the one animal like she cannot live without and I mean like that this is bear goes everywhere bear you know she cannot sleep without bear if bear is missing it's like we can't go to bed like that's the one comforting thing that she has and I sit with that like we we won't be able to clean bear like we can try but is it worthwhile like say we have to spend our life savings to remediate and fix our home, you know, is it worth taking the risk to bring the mold back in the house? And once you bring the mold back, it goes into your new mattresses. It goes into your new couch. All the things you had to spend your life savings replacing, like there's the mold again, you know, and eventually you get sick again and eventually you start back over. A good friend of mine, Liz Arch, if you guys practice on yogagirl.com, I'm sure you've practiced with Liz. She went through this one and a half years ago. She's been a huge help in just how to move through this process. And she lost everything she owned, their whole family, everything. She lost letters from her mom who passed away. She was like, we couldn't keep anything, not one item, not one piece of paper, one photograph, nothing. They lost everything they owned. And this, this is just real. So when people tell me like, I'm, I'm a drama queen, <laughs> I'm exaggerating. Why am I making a big thing out of nothing? Like, I know no one has died. (laughs) Like, we are massively privileged. The fact that we even have options, you know, for most, for people, like people lose their homes this way because they can't, you know, it's like you don't have the funds to do this or you have to stay living in the mold in, in the house that you know is making you sick because you can't move or people who don't own their house, you know, have to wait for like a landlord or homeowners association to step in or you know it's like we are so privileged that we could even just go like to this airbnb and i know that and i'm really sitting with just the privilege that we have the fact that we have you know 
some sort of possibility to maybe make it through this. But that's like on a by a thread, you know, the, the enormity of the loss. It's like I cannot grasp it. <laughs> and somehow I think about Bear and Bear, he like symbolizes everything, <laughs> everything that we will lose that has meaning. And I know it's just stuff, right? And our health is the most important thing. Of course, if I have to choose between our health or our stuff, like I'll choose our health every time. Nothing is more important than our health and our well-being. And if we have each other, like we're okay. But, you know, there are things that, that, that we own that, are, that I will never be able to replace. You know, I have letters from my best friend who died, cards she wrote me, like pictures of us that I cannot replace, you know. Like I really think about those letters, books from her bookshelf that I picked out after she died, her clothes, <laughs> just things I got from my grandma, <laughs> like this crocheted thing that I got from my grandma. Like I have nostalgic things from people who have passed away that I cannot replace. They're irreplaceable, right? Like Bear is irreplaceable. And I tried to find a replacement for Bear uh, years ago, like two years ago, when he, she became so attached to him, and he's from a, it's a, it's a company called Molly Toys in Sweden. They don't make him anymore. <laughs> I really tried because I was like, this is the kind of animal we need a backup for, you know, like we can't lose Bear. That would be the end of the world, and they don't make him anymore, you know. So, it's just it's a lot of it's a lot of loss, and then also it's a lot of unknown. Because we don't know how much talk, how many toxins we have in our bodies. We don't know, you know, is this something I can detox over a couple of weeks? Is it something that's going to take me years? For my friend Liz, I mean, it's been a year and a half since she, they had 15 minutes to pack, like literally when they, when they got the results back and she's about 70% back to her health in a year and a half. You know, I don't know. Are we going to be lucky? <laughs> that is not, that is like best case scenario. And it sucks because best case scenario is horrible. I don't want to be here, you know, like I don't want to sit here in this Airbnb. We have this place for 11 days. What happens after the 11 days are up? I don't know. We're probably, even if we can return to the, to our, to the house, it's like probably six months if we're lucky that all of this has happened and all of this has has been taken care of and like the road there it feels absolutely impossible like it feels and it's rare for me it's really rare for me to to face a crisis and to not be able to see the way through I don't know I really can't it's like I told Dennis should we just lock the door and leave and never come back like I just want to you know when you're a kid and you have a nightmare and you just want to put your hands over your ears and squeeze your eyes shut and like make everything go away. <laughs> That's where I am. I just want to make all of this go away. I almost like, I almost regret doing that test. And I know, like I know at the end of it all, you know, this brings me back to health. <sighs> it'll be worth it. Like, you know, the feeling of like feeling good. Like I long for that so much. And it's, it's better to know what the issue is than to live 
in this unconscious place where I'm driving myself crazy thinking something's wrong with me. And now it's like, nothing's wrong with me. There's something wrong with my house. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with my efforts to live a healthy life, you know. It's not like I have to work harder to be a healthy person. I have to get out of this toxic house I'm living in. There's nothing wrong with me. There's something wrong with my house. Like that's a relief. But at the same time, like I just upended our lives. Like I literally (laughs) uprooted our entire lives. Like Leia woke up in the middle of the night last night crying. I want to go home. I want to go home. I mean, I really want to go home too. I really want to go home. I just want to sleep in my own bed, take a bath in my own tub, sit in my garden. Like, I just want to go home. And now knowing that, like, that home isn't there anymore. Like, I literally can't go back home. It's like, it almost feels like if our house burned down while we weren't in it, like, that would almost be easier to to digest because then there would be no option but to you know to to see the house in its perfect essence like it's just so beautiful and this beautiful life we made there and then to somehow wrap your head around the fact that it's poisonous you know but we can't see it that's really hard to 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 understand and I'm an adult you know so how do I explain that to my daughter I want to go home yeah I want to go home too So yeah, where we are right now, not having a clear game plan, you know, I feel like as soon as I have an A to Z, here is what we are going to do. Here is where we're going to live in the meanwhile. Here's our course of action. I think then I will, I will be able to relax a little bit because at least it will feel like we're moving through it towards something. But right now we're just floating in the sea of not knowing anything, you know. We have this Airbnb for 11 more days. After that, like, where do we go? I don't know. <laughs> we can't afford to, to stay in Airbnbs for infinite time. Where do we go? I don't know. Should we just pack up and go to Sweden and stay with my family for a while? <laughs> do we? Is it worth spending all this money to try to save a house that you don't know if you can save? Like, at one point I was like, should we just go back we just get rid of all the mattresses all the bad stuff and we leave the house open and we just live in it while figuring it out but then it's been three days being away and I woke up this morning without a sore throat literally right now I don't have a sore throat and that never happens for me you know I I'm physically I'm feeling better and that says something I'm breathing better. I'm coughing way less. My sore throat is gone. I'm blowing my nose less. It's only been three days. Like I I have to sit with that. Like if I feel better after three days, like how will I feel in a week, you know? And the thought of re-poisoning our bodies, like it's not an option. Re-poisoning Leia is not an option. You know, we're going to start this detox protocol now where you take different kinds of binders to get the toxins out of your body and it's this whole it's this whole thing I have to tell Dennis like <laughs> for this detox to work he's gonna have to change his diet oh my god it's like it's gonna be a hard conversation to have <laughs> he doesn't even want it it's like why do I need a detox I feel fine it's like oh man but yeah 
I want to thank you for listening. I don't want to become one of those like fear mongering people who are like mold is everywhere and mold is killing you. You know, a lot of people wrote me saying I have suspected mold for a long time or I can see mold in my home. There are tests you can take to find out if that's true. You know, if you rent, it's, it's up to your landlord to fix that. All I can say is to take action in some shape or form, right? Don't let that mold just grow there. If you have a water leak, fix the source, right? Before it turns into something really bad. And just the potential of, like, I'm, I need to spend less time focusing on just the enormity of all the hard things we're in right now and more time holding the opportunity of feeling good in my body you know, of health, like of actual well-being, like that feeling. I have this feeling like it's out there. It's out there somewhere. This detox that I'm in, it's like I'm detoxing everything in my life somehow. And the universe is putting me on a path that's going to take me somewhere good, right? And if that good place is in a perfectly healthy home that is supporting my well-being and my family's well-being, if it's going to take me to a new house that's maybe better aligned with where we're going, maybe a new country, like maybe this leads us to like move back to Sweden or we move to Costa Rica or we do something different, like it takes us on a different path somehow. Part of me can objectively kind of hold that trust. Like, yeah, in the big scheme of this massive plan taking us to where we're supposed to go, it is for a higher reason. It is for the higher good of of of, of, of my family. But that doesn't mean that this isn't the fucking hardest thing I have ever <laughs> had to accept in my whole life. So yeah, I love you. Thank you for thinking of us. Thank you for sending so much love. I mean, really, really, really thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to leave some notes in the, in the description of the podcast, just the test that we took and a few of the experts and practitioners that I've worked with because I know a few of you guys are sitting with that now really wondering where do I turn and if you're sitting in your perfect home with no issues with your perfect health just please enjoy it enjoy the beauty of that harmony of that balance I would <laughs> I would give anything to have that I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening and um, I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and thank you for holding space for me to cry and feel. I appreciate you so, so much. If you enjoyed this show, make sure you listen and subscribe to other good episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you normally get your shows. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week. <laughs>